Friday night, everybody. You know what that means. It's Friday night. Let's have some fun. Let's get together and play a ton. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm John. And we're Friday Night Games. We want to immerse you into our love of the hobby by educating and entertaining you through our board gaming adventures. This is our second last podcast. We sincerely hope you enjoyed the content we have created over the last two and a half years. Our content will remain on the internet if you want to binge it. Yeah, binge it, binge it. Please support our local game stores, Brimstone Games, Tabletop Renaissance, and CG Realm, along with Area 42 Outposts. They are all fantastic stores and ship across our great nation of Canada. Maybe. Most of them. (laughs) All right, on today's show, we're going to talk about our crazy wild adventures at... PAX Unplugged in, uh, where do we go? Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. 2021. Who thought we would travel? Who thought there would be another convention? Yeah. But it happened. There we go. All right. So we're going to discuss what we played and what we didn't, who we met and who we didn't meet, and any other funny stories that happened to us while we happened to be there. That's, that's foreshadowing. That's about it. That's about that's it. That's about some foreshadowing. We got to listen to the end to hear that story, though. That's <laughs> the very end. Before we get down to board game business, what did you think of PAX Unplugged, John? Oh, uh, you know what? It was my first time. My first time I had PAX Unplugged. When I got there, I definitely felt a little overwhelmed seeing that many people in a building because, you know, here in Canada, we still can't have fun. But it was also very refreshing to see that many people in the same building. Yeah. I liked that, you know, the safety measures that were in place. So so just so everyone knows, you had to be masked. Yep. And you had to be fully vaccinated. Correct. So that was really good. So that kind of, it gave the illusion of safety, especially because at this point, you probably know Omicron's out there. Yeah. <laughs> it may or may not defend against it. So exactly. we had an illusion of safety, which was good. I like What I liked about Philadelphia, too, is that they've had, you know, they've got a mask mandate going and most, most places, from what I hear, wanted vaccine info to get in as well I mean, i like being able to go outside and see people even wearing masks outside so i didn't feel like totally unsafe while i was there it was cool because we went to demo so i knew that i wasn't going to be buying a ton of games so i went with a specific list of two games that i wanted to snag and i was able to do that pretty early on on friday during the convention but i ended up buying about five games and some random stuff but i was really able to control my impulse spending habit which right. was good because I was like, oh, I want that game. Can, can you believe I bought nothing? No. Yeah, I can. I, I told someone at work that, and they're like, why'd you even go? <laughs> <laughs> you went to a board game convention, and you bought zero things. Yeah, that's okay. That's pretty weird, I guess. Yeah. It's not normal for me, but... Well, yeah. that's not completely true. We did try to look for some... If you didn't know, listeners, I'm super into magic now. Right. And John owed me some money for dinner, so he was trying to buy me some cards, but... All the cards I want are too hipster, so no one had them. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, the the two games that I bought, or so the five games that I bought were were ones that I I wanted to add to my collection, and they were like kind of some of them are expansions to games that I really like, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to try out that aren't available here in Canada yet. So once I heard that they were there, I kind of I kind of snagged them. Yeah, I, I I although I do feel like there wasn't a ton of games that we didn't have. You know, usually the conventions you go there and there's a lot of games that, you know, are brand new and you didn't see. And I really didn't feel that way 
this year for some reason. That's because no one released any games this year. <laughs> <laughs> or we own the games that we already we right. already knew about. Right. But yeah, no, that's a very true statement. Because there is an area of PAX Unplugged that I really like. It's called The First Look. And we did play there one night, which we'll get into in a bit. Yep. But they have all the games that were, you know, they're new this year. And you can sit down at a table. You have to learn it yourself. You can put up a sign that says looking for, for help. But I don't think there was anyone there when we were playing. <laughs> so it was kind of useless. Yeah. But you just read the rules and play yourself. We had a really good time. So there was a ton of games there, but not everything there we really wanted to play. Right. Well, we did get to play one game we really wanted to play which in that area, Yeah. which was cool. Other than that, the board game library is pretty cool. Same idea, but you may or may not get the game depending on how popular it is. Yeah. And then they're running demos around the exhibit hall the whole time, which generally, uh, I guess it depends on the vendor. So like, for instance, we, we were helping the exhibitor uh, Mission to Planet Hex. And Jim Fitzpatrick, who's been on the show, we love Jim. He's the best. Thank you, Jim, for letting us help you again. Like he he was running demos like every twenty minutes, but I was just letting people play for an hour. Right. So I don't know if that's what he, I don't think that's what he wanted, but I just kind of do whatever I want. So. <laughs> <laughs> did you Did you like the show at least? The show. The the convention. Yeah, yeah, I did. You know what? I of all the conventions, I think Pax Unplugged is the best convention for board games. Yeah. It's smaller. And it has it's attached to a market, which is amazing. Which is an amazing market, especially the Amish food center. You get pies and breakfast there, which is amazing. And Jim and I actually had dinner there one night too, which was fantastic. Cool. But yeah, everything's kind of connected, and it's all indoors, and it's pretty big. It's a big area, mm-hmm. and I think it's good. Now, like comparing it to Gen Con, Gen Con's its own beast. It actually. Well, this year it didn't, but previous years it takes up the whole football stadium. Right. And they actually can't have the game at they can't have the convention at the same time as a football game because they use the stadium for that but they cut it down a lot this year yeah but no no that was awesome i did like that but i feel like pax unplugged just has it just it feels like there's less people there now i'm not just saying that because of covid there was less people there when i went in 2019 too than gen con right so you actually can see things you actually can buy things and you can demo games nice yeah seems more accessible i guess yes that's a perfect word cool Awesome. So do we have any tips for those who are going to attend in the future? What went well for us and what didn't go well? If I have any tips, don't plan your flight to land at one o'clock in the morning on the day of the convention (laughs) and plan more than like two weeks out. So you don't have to pay an expensive plane ticket like I did. I have a preparation. (laughs) Yeah. You, you paid about 400, right? For yours. Yeah. I paid 200 So I, I got my plane ticket in early October, and it was $200. You got yours in... Late November. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> but that, that I mean, you didn't know you are going to be able to go. Right. And I, working in the States, had reasons that I could cross. So I was going to try to cross regardless. Right. But not everyone has that opportunity. Yeah. I think, too, if you want to go, I would make a plan for the vendors you want to see. Yeah. So just as a note, Board Game Geek actually usually, well, I don't, I don't know if they did. I tried looking for it. They usually have a list of all the games that are going to be there. Mm-hmm. Look through that list and then see what you want to demo. I, I looked at the PAX Unplugged website and they had a list of all the uh, vendors and kind of what games they were going to have there. So I kind of got my, my wheelhouse moving for what games I wanted to snag. Mm-hmm. And then when I got, you know, when you get there, you know, you know where to go first. So you, you get the games that you want. So was there anything that you really wanted to see? Nothing that I really wanted to see. The only game I really wanted to purchase was the new Unmatched Battle Legends Volume 2. And you did. And I snagged that. And then there was a Panasaurus Games game Wild Space that I grabbed ever because we, we, I don't think we can get that in Canada yet. So and I think that's 
Oh, I also bought Machi Koro too. Nice. Uh, while we were there as well. And then I heard I heard from a fellow content creator that the new Onitama expansion was there, which I, I've been waiting for to come out in Canada, and I haven't seen it available, so I, I snagged that as well. Okay, Friday is the least busiest day. Yep. So if you're going to go get games, that's actually probably the best thing to do is to line up and then try and know what you need to hit right away. Yep. That would be my biggest tip. Saturday is a zoo. <laughs> even with covid it was it was very 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 packed and trying to get what you want i think most things were sold out by saturday also if i remember correctly there's a lot of things sold out yeah like like the super popular items were sold out which i actually don't know what the super popular items were i think one was a kid's game oh yeah yeah, yeah. i was trying to get hammer time from from Haba games and it was sold out it was sold out by sunday yeah i think yeah. most things were sold out by sunday or not, not most things, but the most popular things are sold out by Sunday. Like, for instance, that time you killed me, which is a fantastic game. It could be our game of the year. That was sold out by Sunday also. Right. I would also think, too, something that I I know we just didn't have time to do because we were demoing. But I would have liked to see what the, the panels mm-hmm. were. And then I and then I heard... I've, I done re- the, I've done the panels before. Yeah. I didn't think they were that great. Yeah, it depends. It, yeah. Well, oh, sorry. Let me rephrase that. They're good if they're very general knowledge. So, like, for instance, if you're a game creator and you don't know anything, that's a good panel to go to. Yeah. But if you already know that knowledge, it's not really going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. That's what I That's what I found. They did have one cool panel where they have the best of, and in the best of, they list all their favorite games to go purchase. Cool. Which is pretty cool. I also learned that there is a learn-to-play room mm-hmm. where they would the publishers would go in and they would teach you how to play the game, but they also gave everyone who went in that room a copy of the game for free. Oh, that's amazing. Where yeah. was that? I'm pretty sure they gave a copy of the game for free. That's what I read on online. It was in one of the, in the hall room, the rooms. In the oh, hall. you know what? Yeah, last couple of years has been next to the unpub room. Yeah, and because it's next to the unpub room, one year was root. I think 2018 was root, and there's a lineup. What? What? Uh, our our friend Dr. Wix was saying that there's a lineup one year because root just came out. So there's a lineup like all the way around the corner for yeah. everyone trying to play root. I wish we went to the unpub room. That's I real did. fun. I know, I know you did, yeah, but yeah. I wish we hung out a lot more in there because we were demoing, right? Yeah. What wouldn't you do? I don't think there'd be much that I wouldn't do. I, it was really nice to explore it. I feel like if it's tough to say, cause if you're going there specifically just to purchase games, I don't think you need a three day pass No. cause you're going to do a lot, all that in one day. I think if you're going to go, to explore and connect with people and network and interact with people three days is perfect and then i guess if you want to do any of the the panels yeah i guess there's really nothing i wouldn't do there because i didn't do everything right so 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 i feel like if you're a gamer and you're going to use it as a way to demo these games like the first look area is really good to try and play some of these games by yourself so that you'll figure out if you like it or not to make the purchase right which we actually had that experience yep that's one thing i would say and then at night actually the first look area is open at night which yep, is kind of neat midnight, yeah but if it's packed you can always go to the game library and that's one of the biggest things i noticed that i would rather do is just play games all day long and like take advantage of the game library take advantage of the first look and just hang out mostly around there to try and get in the games i wouldn't normally get in and then the the exhibit hall is just very good for picking up games that you that you need yep cool yeah there you go there's our tips just go yeah what not to do don't not go don't don't not go (laughs) don't walk there from canada (laughs) exactly okay so let's get back to board game business what did we play what did we not play so let's start with what we played okay 
so I know the games that I played, we played at the first look table. We played It's a Wonderful Kingdom, mm-hmm. the new standalone expansion-esque game to It's a Wonderful World. Yes. Just a couple notes. It's a Wonderful World is two players. Or sorry, It's a Wonderful World is more than two players. It's a Wonderful Kingdom is two players. Right. So that's the biggest difference. The game is exactly the same. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I... I've only played It's a Beautiful World once, and that was one of our game nights, and it was like really late. I was actually like falling asleep playing, so I don't think I got the full experience. It's a Wonderful Kingdom was, I enjoyed it, but I don't think it's something that I would personally purchase myself. I, I feel because I have It's a Wonderful World, I don't need It's a Wonderful Kingdom. Yeah. And and I think It's a Wonderful World can handle more players. But the going to one of the problems with It's a Wonderful World or also It's a Wonderful Kingdom is that the game has very little interaction. Right. We both do our we both do a little drafting and then at the same time we decide what we want to build and there's basically no talking. Yeah. So it's a very silent game. <laughs> My wife would love us playing that actually. She probably wants to play it every week. <laughs> Can she you play go to that game every, yeah. every week, please? so we could go to bed. So she could go to bed. Matt, I sold all your games except for this one. So this honey, is what you're playing from now on. Honey, that's the only one we don't we don't talk during. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Yeah, <laughs> have fun. So I think one of my biggest disappointments. Oh, this one I love. Um, Hold on, this is a whole story right here. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a very big, like I said earlier, an impulse buyer. And I can confirm that I really love Dune Imperium. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite games of the year. And once I read that they were coming out with another game called Dune House Secrets, I was super interested in it because it's a narrative story that you're, you know, you're trying to solve whatever this issue, this mystery within the Dune universe. And I was like super intrigued by that. And I saw that it was at the first look table. So Matt and I went and played. We played through the prologue, and I just could not get into it so just so you know this is based on a game called detective yeah they basically took the game detective and rethemed it for dune so one of the things that was really crazy was we were trying to read the instruction booklet and i was just not interpreting what was going on <laughs> like they're like you need this you need that and i'm like okay that's great can you start me into the game i have no idea how to get into this game we even actually did it wrong we read the wrong things first yeah i'm pretty sure and then we had to like go back and redo it we're like oh we just spoiled the ending of this, <laughs> <laughs> this whole scenario yeah yeah the the setup for the prologue prologue wasn't very clear i mean it, i'm it was after it i was looked at clear, it clear but it was like but i'm just like oh okay whatever uh <laughs> what i didn't like about it was okay so when you play board games at least at least for me for me it's like let's get away from the screens right like mm-hmm. you know some games have apps or whatever and they enhance the experience for the game but from what our experience is you know you don't need like when we play destinies like you don't need the app yeah you don't right? need it at all but for this game it was like you have to it wasn't an app you have to go to a website and then you have to enter in these things and they play this like weird video and with like information and i'm just like this i'm like i don't know what's going on in this story <laughs> right and it's just the prologue so yeah. like i'm very confused and i know the prologue is just there to set up kind of what the content is going to look like for the game but i i just i didn't feel like i wanted to play the other the other stories yeah i so it was a lot of reading right if you're going in and you think you're gonna like play a game no you're gonna be in a story right and for a game like called detective even though that's what it's supposed to be based on i felt like i we didn't really do anything right we were just there reading like i feel like you could have given me a storybook with the prologue and i would have been just as happy i probably would have been happier 
because yeah. I would have been as annoyed <laughs> trying and, to figure out how to, how to get the game going. Yeah, and the, and the problem too with the prologue was like you could do everything and still get to the same. Like there was no consequence, right? Like right. If, if you did the wrong thing, like it wasn't like it was just like oh that just does this anyway. Now I don't know about further in the story. Like yeah. we only did that. I've never played detective, so maybe it does get that way later on. But I, I hope so. I, I I said that you know if I see it somewhere that I can just like maybe play through that one, like one of the other stories, then mm-hmm. yeah, I'll check it out again. But I, I'm, I'm very glad I didn't pre-order it. Yeah. You almost did. Yeah. You almost did. I remember you getting really excited for it. I mean, yeah. everyone's excited for it. It's Dune. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, well, yeah. I don't know. It just, it just wasn't my cup of tea. Right. If you really like narrative stories and, and like reading and like trying to figure out what's going on, then maybe you'd like that. I actually think my wife would like that. Yeah. Very opposite of me. Right. I like, the game mechanics so I, I just think like it just was not my thing i also think it was late it was like yeah it was 10 30 the end of the 10 night. yeah 10. i think it was later than that well the place closed at 12 so it couldn't have been that late because we played yeah. for like an hour and a half right and we were tired by that point i mean we were out all day so on, on the friday just as a little note we hung out with our best bud alex Aston. hey big shout out to him yeah. brick on brack games so he actually we actually hung out the whole time and we were just we were playing a couple games we're walking around we're having a good conversation just catching up at the very end of the night you know i had i had sake for dinner and i was tired and i'm like the sushi's coming back up i'm like all right <laughs> we need to we need to hurry this game along here yeah and that's why I, I don't drink anymore Socket. Well, okay. <laughs> Sushi's come back up. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bad experience. I was not having it, and therefore it sat really poorly. So we like flipped roles a little bit at this convention. We did. Yeah, because I wasn't having it at Pack South. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, you were literally falling asleep at Pack South. That's true. <laughs> I was wide awake. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the coolest things, one of the funnest things we did was when we got together with Room 51 on Saturday night. Yes. Big shout out to them. Big shout out. And it was Room 51. Matthew, uh, Justin, what up? And uh, we played with Brothers Murph. One of the Brothers or, Murph. One of the Brothers Murph was Mike. I think it was Mike. Mike. And what was the other guy's name? Well, I was playing with Salty Dog, Salty Dog, and, yeah, yeah. and Salty Dog's family. Salty Dog's family. Right. So Salty Dog is a big fan of Brothers Mirth, and was also watches a lot of Room Fifty One. I didn't even know who he was. Apparently, he podcasts too. Cool. So shout out to Salty Dog and his family because I had a hilarious time with them. But so anyway, we we went to the game library and we we took some some games out that were good for you know six six people a lot of uh dixit style i think yeah uh, room 51 was really digging the dixit style that night what was the game you you played with them so we played detective club okay so that is i thought that game was fantastic it was a lot of fun so mm-hmm. very describe it to me so you have a person who is kind of the clue giver and they they look at their cards that they have and they choose two cards that have a similar theme and then you give you think of a clue so mine was tree. I had an owl sitting in a tree, like sewing something. And then I had like an, a tree made out of eyeballs. So I wrote my clue. My clue was tree. You have a bunch of notebooks. So you write the clues in all of them, but one. And then you deal the notebooks out to randomly to the other players. And basically what you're going to do is you're going to lay one of your clue cards down. And then everyone is going to lay one of their cards down that matches what your clue is. So... There's one person who doesn't know what's going on. So they have to kind of decipher what the clue is and use their cards to be like, oh, I know what this is. 
but you, but as the clue giver, you want them to blend in because you get points that way. Okay. And then then it goes again. You lay your second card, and then everyone does the same thing. And then you have to say, my clue is tree. And then everyone has to defend why they chose those cards. And then everyone chooses who is the spy. Gotcha. Or whatever, right? So if the if the spy blends in, the clue giver they and the win. spy get points. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's points divvied out various ways. So I thought it was very fun. Very Dixit. Very Mysterium. Very traitor mechanic. Eh. It's funny because there's a traitor mechanic in all three of the games that were chosen for <laughs> There that. wasn't really a traitor mechanic, but... Well, uh, the spy is every, one against all, you know? Yeah, but it's not like them are that they're not trying to like destroy the game or whatever right? okay just, yeah they're just they just don't know what's going on so they have to do their best to to blend in gotcha yeah i mean that's sounds like artists in new york i think it's like fake artist that goes to new york yeah it's like an oink game yeah yeah i immediately thought of the game sacred rights by story machine oh games mm-hmm. it's very similar type mm-hmm. thing so would you would you play yeah well first of all you uh your crew was playing that a long time yeah, that's the only um, game we played, yeah. Yeah, we were we played we actually got through two games well actually three games, but two games of Deception, Murder in Hong Kong, and a game of Obscurio. Nice. So Deception, Murder in Hong Kong is very simple. Each player is given out basically like tools and like objects. And there's one person who is the murderer. Everyone closes their eyes, murderer opens their eyes, they point to two things. And then the clue giver is trying to direct the rest of the people who are not the killer to try and pick those things. It was actually really simple and really easy. Mm -hmm. But the funny thing was that it was me, Salty Dog, Salty Dog's wife, Salty Dog's son, and then Matthew's sister. So, like, they all knew each other. I didn't know any of them. So, at one point, I was actually chosen to be the the murderer right away. I actually won as the murderer. No one picked me. Basically, I pointed to two objects, and we went through, and they couldn't really figure it out, and I was pretty good at, like, throwing off my track. But the funny thing was that there's these extra cards on the extra cards, like, describe the victim, but <laughs> the person, the clue giver, kept putting down, like, these descriptions that fit me perfectly. Stranger, middle-aged, male. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, like, how are they not getting this? I'm like, even though this is supposed to be describing the victim, it's totally describing me. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, you know, if they clued in just slightly to that, they would have picked me. But Well, they, they thought it was me. They just couldn't figure out what items. I don't, I don't remember his name. I don't remember his name the killer basically yeah <laughs> yeah they're like they probably just didn't well no i said my name a bunch of times so they can remember yeah, no, no, I'm just kidding and then the crazy part so if you check our social media and you check john's social media specifically so instagram you'll see a picture of him playing with the brother's mirth and matthew's sister's standing up and yeah. i'm right behind her there's a, a kid in orange at the end of the table so that's salty dog's son he was hilarious because in the second game salty dog was the killer and you, so when you pick the killer, you go through a bunch of rounds. So yeah. there's like four rounds or something crazy. We got through, his son was the first guess on the first round and got it right away. And I'm like, are you cheating? Cause there's like all the clues that were given. I'm like, there's no way you should have had these two things picked. Like there's no <laughs> way, there's no way. And he got it like right away. The game ended and we're like, well, that's, that's good. We decided that we were going to take him gambling. Nice. Another funny thing was that Salty Dog's a big Dallas Cowboys fan, and I'm a Lions fan, and his son is a Philadelphia Eagles fan. And his son is son's young, right? And he's like, <laughs> he's like, you're a Lions fan? Wow, they're terrible. They've <laughs> never been good. And he's like, Salty Dog's like, no, son, you got to be nice. We don't, we don't know, Matt. And I'm like, no, no, you're you're not being you're 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 fine. I understand. You are correct. <laughs> <laughs> you know more about football with those statements. 
<laughs> that I could ever even imagine. <laughs> you must follow every game. And then me and Salty Dog bonded because the Cowboys haven't been good for a long time. So yeah. he understands more of my pain, you know? Yeah, that's uh, funny. And then the second game wasn't as hilarious, but <laughs> we played Obscurio, which is very similar to Mysterium, Mysterium Park. Yeah. Basically, there's a clue giver. They're on a team with you. There is a hidden trader that... You're, you're trying to win every round to get to the exit door, mm-hmm. but the trader's trying to stop you. And in the same vein, the trader sees the clues ahead of time and tries to misguide the doors you're trying to pick to help the clue giver out. Cool. So it was a good game. We didn't get through it, but it, it's I would describe it like Mysterium. So there's pictures. You use these, you use these magnetic things to choose hints that kind of like... And then every door has a picture. So technically, you're trying to match the picture to the to the main thing the clue giver is showing you and that's how you choose the exit and it's a similar vein right is it colors is it objects is it patterns that's how you get out it felt it felt like the same setup too yeah if you fail around it's kind of neat because they add little extra elements so like maybe the clue giving thing is now has like a distraction on it or something or you have to choose the everyone has to choose the same door little things like that cool which is pretty neat so we had a great time loved it yeah, we closed the game library out. We did. Yeah, they're yelling. I felt, I felt like a, I felt like a teen again closing out the <laughs> bar last call, right? I mean, it doesn't really close that late though. It closes yeah. at like twelve. But. Oh, that's like four hours past my bedtime. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> still up. <laughs> yeah, and then obviously we played a lot of Mission to Planet Hex. Actually, I played. You played zero. I played one. I played two games. Okay. Yeah, I was more of the. The, the go-to person to give a quick description of the game. And then I was like, these are where the demos are happening. One of, one of the cool things is that if you get a group of three or four, set them up and help them. And then you don't, and then you're just the rules person for the rest of it. So yep. you can just stand around. And one of the best things is when I got a game, game of four going, people would always come by and ask me questions about the game. And I give them a quick rundown kind of yeah. like what you did. So the, that's what I like. Cause if you go back a lot of episodes, we talk about mental health. I've been really dealing with like anxiety a lot this year. So I was actually pretty like overwhelmed to like sit and demo with people. So I really liked my setup that I had where I was just at the table and they're like, Hey, can you tell me about this game? And I would just like quickly run down mission to planet hex. And I was like, if you want to demo it, there's demos here. But a lot of people were just like, I'll just buy it. Right. right? So, and I, I, you know, we ended up selling a ton of games. That oh, way. it was cheap so, enough to buy. Yeah. You're not really wasting your money on it. So, so, and then on Friday we played, by the way, Jim, this is for Jim. Yeah. Everyone, I was thinking about it once we got back, and everyone who played it liked it. Yeah. I didn't have a single group not like it. Nice. And and Jim will hate me for saying this. I think it's a great game, three to four players. And I sold it like that, and everyone who played it, three to four players, loved it. Awesome. And then with Alex, we played the Street Fighter deck building game by Cryptozoic, which is uses the Cerberus system. So it's just yeah, it's just normal. Normal. Deck I I like I like that though because it's just kind of like there's not a ton of like. Oh, I got to learn a million rules. You just yeah. sit down and play it, you know? I, I wish we got to finish that game because I was actually really enjoying it. Yeah, we were actually having a pretty good game yeah, of it. But we had to go. We had a meeting with Danny at Panasaurus. We had we had right. to go. Which we'll talk about in a second. And then on Saturday, we, 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 took a, we took a break from demoing Matt and I about an hour, two hours, something like that. And we met Alex at the game library again. And we played a game that he wanted to play called Black Hat, which was the worst game I've ever played. <laughs> no offense to Alex, he was he was yeah. doing it for his own research. Yeah, it was basically with like asshole or janitor, and you're you're supposed to be hackers or something. Yeah, you're like as you play the game janitor, you're moving through a bunch of rooms to score points, and the person who scores the highest points at the end wins. Nice. Anyways, anyway, yeah. so Black Hat was terrible. 
it was the worst game we've ever played. Yeah. But, well, not the worst game we ever played. I'm sure. I'm sure it has. It's it's good for some people, but I did not like it. Yeah, I didn't like it either. And Alex didn't like it either. There's just like We're weird rules. Like there, like there's a, a card called the black the black hat that basically allows you. So basically, you're trying to do play tricks, and you want to get the highest one. This one allows you to reverse it. But it does. It doesn't say to get rid of the card when at the end of the round. So it's like, oh, I still have this card. So I'm just gonna keep doing this. And then you had, and then I scored like 36 points on like the first round. It literally tells you to pick the card and put it back in your hands. So yeah, I don't I mean, know. This is, it's just an overpowered card. Yeah, I, I know it's supposed to be like that, but at the same time, it just kind of ruined the game. Yeah. Well, yeah. And at the end of the round, it's like, what do we do with this? I feel like someone else should have it because right. it's pretty powerful when you have it. Yeah. But. Oh, whatever. Well. <laughs> and then I don't think there was a list of games that like we had to play. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't think like there's games we obviously didn't play. The only thing I can really think of that I would like to try is maybe the new micro macro. But we're going to buy that. That's and, not even yeah. like, you don't need to try it. We're just going to buy it. Right. And then, and then I saw like the new welcome to the moon. Right. I was like, yeah, I'd be interested to try, but I mean, I'm like, I'm not going to lose sleep if I don't. Those were at the first looks. They were all actually, people were playing them the whole time. Yeah. Like no one let up on it. Yeah. There's no game that I was like, I have to play this this weekend or, you know, my life's not complete. So was there any, uh, <laughs> was there any previews or hot games? Any preview that we got? Yeah. 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 Was so, there anything that we saw that was a preview or, or a hot game that people were interested in? Yeah. So we met uh, Danny from Panasaurus Games, which was amazing to finally uh, meet her because, you know, we've been interacting over the past two years and, you know, Panasaurus has been a huge supporter of us and our, and our podcast and content. So it was really nice to talk to her and she was gracious enough to show us their new game that's coming out. Would they say April? Yes. Tentatively, depending Tentatively. on all the shipping situations. Yeah, but. yeah. But their, uh, their new game is called Skull Canyon Ski Fest. And it was kind of like, they were saying it was a blend of she was saying it was a blend of a bunch, kind of like different games. You know, so it was like parks, I, Ticket I, to Ride. I could describe it pretty yeah. quickly. You go up a ski slope and you go down a ski slope. And at the end of it, you move your character to the different areas and you get points based on the runs you take. Yeah. That's the general idea. And the Yeti gets to be moved around the board to mess people over. Yeah. That's the general idea of the whole game. But we didn't play it. We just got to hear about it. I wish we did play it because, you know, I, I love playing games. Yeah. But definitely put it on your radar. It looked fun. It looked simple. The marketing is 100% there. Although I did tell Danny that everyone should be able to draw the Yeti on. As and you can. To... You can. Yes. She said She said one side will have the Yeti and one won't. So nothing stops you from taking a black marker. Yeah. But I suggested that, that we should keep the stick Yeti on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so da- Danny, they only had like the 3D printed, 3D cutout plastic resin pieces with no artwork so danny went in and drew you know the you know put the colors on the skiers and then drew a stick yeti and <laughs> everyone everyone was kind of like is that because the board is like final artwork yeah kind of but like the other components weren't and they're like that's the artwork but it, <laughs> so she had to put its prototype on, on the box but i was like i think that should be the official artwork anyway it was it's it's fine it was pretty hilarious. It was yeah. funny. But it actually looks super interesting. I don't think we had enough time to play because we were heard the last meeting at like 545 and the and the expo all closed at 6. Right. Plus she so. was doing meetings every 15 minutes. Yeah. So I don't I don't think anyone got to play play. They just got to see. Yeah. Which is kind of how that works. But but yeah, it looks super interesting and I like how it's got a kind of different mechanisms mm-hmm. in the game. And it seems pretty thinky, but like in a fun way. I, I did find it funny when we when we got up there and she was describing it to us as like it's like this system and this system and this game and this game. So I actually had a group demo one of the games with me, one of the Mission to Planet Hex games. Yeah. And they were they were saying so the biggest game was Bitoku, 
Yes. Like everyone was talking about it. And they said they tried to play it. And they're like, we went to the booth and the guy's like, it's a mashup of Ticket to Ride and uh, <laughs> Catan and like all these classic games. They're like, they're like, why are you making a game that's just all these pieces come from every other game, you know? <laughs> and I told them like, it's because that's how everyone makes a board game. You just take the fun things you like and mash it together. Yeah. Eventually, Combinatorics will tell you that there will be no more board games at some point, but... <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Anyways, it was a really cool game to see. I am, I will buy it for sure once yeah. it comes out. I was actually, that's probably the only thing I was super excited about. Everything B- else. Batoku? No, not Batoku. Skull Canyon. Skull Canyon. Okay. Yeah. Batoku, I wasn't excited about. It looked too complicated for me. <laughs> <laughs> for like the short time we had, it yeah. looked like a, there's no way I'd be able to learn it. Cool. And I think another cool thing that happened there was the charity board gamer really wanted to get all the content creators together. Oh, man. Hold on. Let's press pause for a second here. It's funny how you're like, this is really cool. Because for me, this was like super anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, well, for me, like I, I, I had two purposes, three purposes to go to this convention. Mm-hmm. Demo, Mission Planet Hex, buy the two games I wanted. And I wanted to meet people that we've been interacting with Absolutely. over the last two years. So this was the kind of like, the one spot where like everyone would be together mm-hmm. and I can just say, Hey, what's going on? I'm John. Fine. Nice to finally meet you. Charity board gamer set up with the check games edition and they they had their own space in their own room. So we were able to play and we were able to get together in their demo section. So it was really cool. We got to meet a ton of people. So, you know, we, we finally got to meet room 51, professor Meg, you know, we talked to James and Derek from skybound games. I met Grant Lyon Ross Thompson, who used to work for the op, Paula Deming, the parents from Kids Splaining, Our Family Plays Games, and Fantasy, Fantasy and Some Flights. Right. So I have yeah. a question for you. When, you. when you go to a meet and greet, how do you interact with people? Let's put it this way. I am not a meet and greet type person. So describe to me how you're supposed to go to this event <laughs> and like interact with people around you. So This might be good for anyone listening, too. Yeah. Um, for, me, for me, it's just like, hey, what's going on? I'm John from Friday Night Games. Mm-hmm you know and then just it's a good way to network how does how does networking work i mean help me out here yeah, help yeah. me out you just kind of ex- exchange info be like hey you know make sure you follow like everyone sort of like follows each other or whatever plays they were and people are playing games together mm-hmm. but the, but for me the room was too was very small and there's a lot of us in there right it was and hot it, and it, it was, was actually very super hot. hot and it was also like 70 degrees in philadelphia when we were there that day so like i was wearing like thick jeans because I, I was dressed for winter weather. It was very hot in there. So I, I eventually you know, like left the room and it's out in the hallway. And then we were talking to Room 51, like, hey, let's go play some games. Okay, so so while that was happening, right? Like yeah. I basically had like a panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen to this way. You're like, I'm trying to ask you how, how you handle it because I don't yeah. know how to handle anything like that. Right? Well, you got to so- think too. We haven't seen people in two years. No, 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 and, no, uh, no, no. This is no. This, this this goes beyond seeing people in two years. For me, like I am a very much like, hey, I want to have some sort of funny conversation. I want to probe things yeah. out of you, like get like information. I want to see what your personality is. I actually interact basically like I can see your mannerisms. I understand how you, how you are based on how you respond, your eye contact, your body movement, things like that. So imagine putting me in a room a hundred people. <laughs> my, my, I'm like overloaded, right? Like yeah. I don't know what's going on. Plus it's hot. Plus like you're you're more of like not to say like you're a popular kid, but you're more of a person who knows how to like interact, right? On a quick, right. short level, right? You're saying you're going up to people and you're like, "Hey, I'm John, Friday Night Games. Just want to say hello. I appreciate you." Your conversation might end very shortly after that. And they did. 
yeah, me, it wasn't like that, right? Me, I'm like, hi, I'm Matt. Hey, how was your convention? And they're just like looking at me like, this is a meet and greet, dude. Like, shut up. And I'm just <laughs> like, like, I'm like a back of the class kid, man. I'm yeah. like, I'm the kid at the back, cracking jokes, laughing, observing everybody, <laughs> looking at all the people being like, wow, this is weird. You guys Sorry are all weird. Sorry for torturing you. you yeah, you re- like, it wasn't that you tortured me. But at one point, I'm like, it's so hot in here. Although I did have a very good conversation with Fantasy and Some Flights, who are very cool. And they even invited us to do a show with them eventually, too. Cool. Which I thought was awesome. Very nice. But I was just like, but that was like, me and him had a very good conversation. And I had a very good conversation with someone else who I forget, the people who made the game about walking a dog in New York. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember their names, though. Oh, we got to look that up because that game actually sounds fun. Yeah, well, I, it was funny. Like, you you kind of, like, did your meet and greet thing. I was, like, ha- I was like having a deep conversation. I'm like, well, what's the game about? They start describing the game to me. I'm like, no, 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 no. What's it like to walk a dog in New York? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the stuff I want to know about, right? Yeah. They just, they laugh just like that. They're like, oh, this guy's weird. Yeah. So, anyways, at one point, I just, like, I must have had, like, a panic attack or anxiety attack. So, I walked out. It's right around when the fire tower people came in. Yeah. So Grace, Mike, Sam, and Gwen, they all came in. And I'm like, fire tower, yeah. Oh, man, bail me out of here. But I lost them. I lost them. And yeah, then they I, walked like, in and walked right out. Oh, yeah. Because, well, they said it was super hot the next day, yeah. which I totally understand. So I actually found them, and they were all playing games. So I didn't really want to interrupt, right? They were kind of doing their thing in the pub room. Yeah. So then afterwards, I'm like, okay, I feel better. And as I walked out, and I saw our favorite people in the whole world, room 51. So Matthew was out there. And I'm like, I know Matthew also doesn't like social interactions. I shouldn't say that Matthew doesn't like social interactions, but Matthew is very much like me. Like, just this is sensory overload. This isn't my thing. I need to get out of here. So it was great because that was a breakaway right there, right? We broke away with them to go play games. Right. And that was fun. And I'm a weirdo. I guess that's really the moral of the story. I don't handle social interactions very well. Yeah, that's okay. I'm sorry. No, that's not your fault. It was, it was, I'm glad you got to do that because you, you have done very good job with Instagram over the, over the years and you deserve to meet those people and say hello. Yeah. And I think, I think I would more, I think I was trying to run into people. It was good because you're trying to run into people on the floor Mm -hmm. and it's impossible to have any conversation basically. Not, not that, but just even find people. Okay. Right. So there was a couple people that like I want like that I've interacted on Instagram for a while, and you know I was like looking out for them on the floor or while we were demoing. I just didn't see them. So for example, like Gnarly Carly, you know we we've, we've been playing like Blood on the Clock Tower together a couple times this year, and you know we've been interacting for a long time, and I just happened it was like on Sunday like right before we left. I just happened to turn around, and she was standing at the Mantis, Fall, uh, Mantis nope. Falls booth. How convenient, right next to where we were demoing. Exactly. So I just turned around. I'm like, like Carly? She's like, John? <laughs> and I was like, so we talked for, you know, 10 minutes. And so it was really nice. And then it the same thing with meeting Grant Lyon. I saw him walk in on Saturday morning because we were in, like, the first row. So I talked to him for a bit, and then he let me know what games that he bought. Nice. I was like, oh, oh crap, the only time expansion, I need to go snag that because he said there wasn't many copies left. So I, you know, I, I ran over and I'm like, I gotta go to the bathroom, Jim. <laughs> I come back with a game. He just starts laughing. <laughs> He's like, sure you did. I didn't so know the bathroom selling hustle and Oitama. Yeah. It was, it was really awesome to meet everybody that we've interacted with. So if you're listening, just know that we appreciate you and all the content. Drop us a comment too, just, just so we can appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, and then we met the, the, the kid, the, uh, the guys from Cavre studios as well. Yes. We met Cavre very uh, briefly though. They, they were very busy. Yeah. They were like game to game to game to game. <laughs> so I understand they had a, they had a mission they were on. Even, even the, our family was 
plays games, they seem like they were on a mission to see very specific things, which yeah. makes sense. So yeah, so we appreciate everyone who produces content for the board game community. Oh, and we also met Sarah Shaw from Board Games in a Minute, and we, I had and I had a great conversation with her. We did, yeah. yeah so it was very nice to to speak with her as well. So. So we met kind of all the content creators that we've been interacting with, which was amazing. There's just one person that we didn't get a chance to connect with. That's McKay, the the board the board critic on Instagram, who has a uh, game on Kickstarter right now. And I want I want to talk to him about the game because I wanted to. He had a demo there that I was going to try to play as well, but uh, we just we just didn't run into each other. So yeah. Well, I'm glad you had fun. I know you really love the social interactions. So now you understand. In 2019, when I had to do those social interactions, it was hard. Yeah. <laughs> Very hard for me, but. I did it for you, so. Thank you. You're welcome. On a funny note, after we played with like Room Fifty One and we we're walking out, you met Grant again. Oh yeah, yeah. And you like you two had like this like bro crush. Like you two were inseparable walking out. <laughs> in fact, you didn't even realize that like we, Room Fifty One was heading in a totally different direction. So like I actually like gave them all hugs. I'm like, you know, it's very nice seeing you, all of you. And then at one point, I turned around. I'm like, is John leaving without me? Like you're like you know ninety feet ahead of me. I'm just turned around. I made like the saddest face. <laughs> 51. They're all like in unison. Oh, <laughs> it's actually hilarious. Obviously I did that to ham it up because I'm yeah. nuts, but <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about travel and traveling back home. Yeah. And you know, he was going to watch his dad and then like, yeah, do, the, do his uh, thing. pickleball competition. But that, those are the things I really like when you interact with people and you, and you really get to know them as, you know, yeah. normal people outside of content creating. I think that that means to me, that means more than a quick meet and greet. Yeah. Which is why the meet and greet gave me so much anxiety, I think. Yeah. Cool. But anyways, yeah. So what, uh, what other funny stories happened to us? <laughs> what, what doesn't happen to us at conventions? All I right. Feel, so I feel like if we're with Jim, anything can happen. Yeah. So let let's start with with you because oh. I I actually no. I'm gonna start with me. When I parked at the airport, mm. I parked in the I didn't park in the long term parking. <laughs> I parked in short term. I was like, I don't know if my car is gonna be there when I get back. But it was, and my parking was like twelve dollars a day more expensive <laughs> with exchange. It was like. Uh, very expensive to park two hundred dollars yeah and i was like something yeah so at least my car was there yeah actually speaking of parking when i left the parking garage i totally went a different route me which, too which took me outside the airport yeah, yeah yeah i had to drive all the way around but you probably had data do you have data oh i have gps on my, my car i didn't have gps so <laughs> i was like trying to navigate my way back to the highway to get, yeah i took to get I, I, I did the exact same road oh that's hilarious yeah that's hilarious. Yeah, that was so. Yeah, you confusing. go right past. You go right by the airport again. I'm like, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I actually like was like, well, if I'm lost, I'll just try and head back there. Yeah. To try and get back there, and then I could f- figure out my way from there. But it was just like so confusing. No. I'm like, where am I? I don't have no yeah, idea. Yeah, because there's a spot that like clearly exits to a highway. Yeah. But you're supposed to go straight. Yeah. And we yeah, didn't. Yeah, we didn't. <laughs> it was also like in the middle of the night too. So. Yeah. Eleven o'clock at night. We have no idea where we're going. But you broke your phone. Yeah, I actually, so, okay, so first of all, we're sorry if we offend anyone right now. Very Canadian of us. <laughs> COVID is very, very serious here in Canada. Yeah. So going to the States was very strange. Right. Getting on a plane that was packed was very strange to me. And so my wife bought me a mask and she's like, here, take this. But I had a filter on it. So when I got uh, on the plane, they basically like, I've never seen anyone, like, I felt like I was a criminal. Everyone's <laughs> like, what are you doing with that mask? Get that mask off. Because I guess apparently the filter masks, it prevents me from getting germs in, but all my germs are released into the air. Right. So it's not a mask you're supposed to wear. And I didn't know that all I had to do was put a mask, like a, a surgical mask over my mask and I would have been fine. 
I had no idea, mm-hmm. but they just told me to take it off. So I'm like, okay, I'll I'll, ta- I'll do whatever you say. I want to get on this flight. I want to go to Philly, so I'm going to do whatever you say. Yeah. And then like it was just like one thing after another. Then luckily my wife gave me ten dollars to take the the SEPTA to to downtown Philly because it wouldn't accept my credit card. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, like, what type of luck am I having today? Then I get to the convention center, and there's two entrances. There's, like, one at the very west side of it, and then there's one over the market. So I went to the one on the very west side. That's where I entered in 2019. And so I'm waiting there, and the lady's like, well, you need to wait for someone to let you in. You don't have a badge. You don't have anything. I'm like, okay, no problem. So I'm waiting there. Well, first of all, I'm not getting any reception. And eventually I move to the window. I get reception. I'm like, oh, okay, I got reception. I drop my phone. I drop my phone. I've had this phone for eight years. <laughs> Eight years, mm-hmm. and I've dropped it a hundred times. Yeah, no problems. Well, this time decides to break into a million pieces <laughs> <laughs> on the floor, and I'm uh, like, "Come on! Like, why is this happening to me?" Anyways, long story short, not I, I have a phone. new phone. <laughs> Still no data though. No, <laughs> I, I turned the Wi-Fi on now. So perfect. There perfect. you go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean nothing like crazy happened. We had wow. some really, we had some really good sushi. That restaurant was really good. Sushi restaurant was really good. I want a big shout out to Night Moves Cafe. We yeah. were demoing at Night Moves. Ca- like, I was, I was specifically demoing at the Night Moves Cafe booth. But Jim and I went there for dinner, and they have an amazing, amazing menu. Cool. So I had a milkshake, and and Jim had a brownie, and there, it's all vegan, vegan and vegetarian. It was fantastic awesome highly recommend if you're in philly go there but on saturday night we met up with zach who is friends with jim and helped demo and zach you know hasn't seen anybody in two years right so he was trying to get all all the group of friends together in one spot but it wasn't timed well so we went to this uh, this brewery and you know we had a table was a five of us Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it was going to be a table of nine so he went up to the hostess and was like hey, my group, my group's expanding to nine. You know, what can we do? And the host was like, yeah, we'll find you another table. But like they came in and they were trying to sit down with us at our current table. And they're like, you can't sit here. And it was a big mess. And then the waitress, our waitress went over to the hostess, like what's going on? And they're like, oh, we're moving to, the, to another table or something. And then I'm watching. The no, wait- no, 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 no. The, wait- the waitress came to us. And I said, "Hey, I thought it would. I thought it would make sense to let her know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she wants us to order food, and we're like, well, this other group's waiting for us, right? And I'm like, hey, I just want you to know, we're supposed to be waiting for a bigger table. Our two groups, because the fire tower people were standing right next to us. I'm like, yeah. hey, our two groups are going to get together. We're going to get a bigger table. And she's like, excuse me. Yeah. And that's oh, when okay. She I, I didn't, I didn't realize you had yeah. that. Conversation. Yeah. So anyway, she walked over to the hostess, and I can see her like yelling. I was like, she's <laughs> pissed. She is pissed." She is not happy that we are we are screwing with her table. No, no. Right? And it was funny because me, so on one side of the table is me, you, and Tim, one yep. of the other demoers. And we're all just staring at her yelling. Oh, yeah. Oh, just like. And uh, so anyway, so she comes back and she's so sassy with us. like mm, Understandable. She, yeah, I understand. Like, you know, waitresses work for tips. We're we're five people, whatever, but, you know, going to be a good, generally a good tip. She's going to lose tip us. Whatever, yeah. right? So she's going to lose this table, right? And. And she's very sassy with us. So we're like, Matt, me and you are trying to like resolve the situation and be like super nice. Right. And Jim was like, I take no responsibility for what's going on. <laughs> Jim Jim was like, I am just a bystander. I've yeah. been working really hard today. I just want to take this time yeah. off. And Zach, the person who caused the entire problem, disappeared. <laughs> Which is funny. He went to go talk to the fire tower people. He was- 
who he were had, upstairs, who got moved upstairs. He didn't completely disappear, but he was. Yeah, Zach he was, was trying to solve it in his own way. Yes, yes, which was fine. But yeah, anyway, so we were just like, we're. In, She's going to spin our food. <laughs> like, yeah. this is what's happening, this is, right? Yeah. It's like, well, I hope, you know. Like, do you know when, pe- you know when like, people get sassy and they do, like, their little, like, hair flip? And, like, okay. And, like, they're, like, overly nice, but in, like, a like a, a, jerk. Like, like, like a like very I rude way. I hate you. I hate you guys so much right now, way. Yeah. That's, what, that's how our waitress was. And we were trying to order, like, Yeah, so I ordered, things, like, an appetizer. So just I, to, like, make her... Make, I guess this must be a Canadian thing because I think most people wouldn't do this, but we're like trying to make sure that she got the other people's drinks on her on her list too, so we would tip her for that. Yeah. And like, and I was just like, I order an appetizer, which I know dessert. I never do. I order dessert, which I never do. Right. And then this is the only place where I was like, oh, I'm gonna finally have a, a Philly cheesesteak sandwich. <laughs> but like, you know, no one was like talking, or whatever. And I just happened to check my my phone, and my friend's husband had made her Philly cheesesteak sandwich for dinner nice and i'm gonna show matt this picture i'm ready for it oh you want me to compare and, it to what you compared ate? to the what i got oh yeah i'm ready for this so I will describe on, what second. i see so first of all what john's philly steak was was a really sad sandwich but let's see what i got in front of me yeah so so what i got was like a hoagie bun with i don't know it just looked like you had meat on it i didn't even see any cheese was there cheese on yours very little very little anyway so it was like it was like a bun with 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 steak. No, no, it wasn't even steak. It was like ground beef. It looked like okay, and a very little squirt of like nacho <laughs> cheese, or because I know it's supposed to be cheese whiz, but it wasn't. It was like their own cheese whiz. And I, I took one bite. I'm like, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever had in my entire <laughs> life. Like, why is everyone saying Philly cheesesteaks are delicious? When you didn't this, get the right place. I That's, didn't get the right place. Yeah. So anyway. And then I'm eating this, and then I see I see this that my friend's husband cooked for her here in Windsor, Ontario. Oh man, that looks way better than yours. Right? Oh, this so this picture looks like you should just post it on Instagram stories when we release this podcast. But yeah. there's like like everything looks perfect. There's like the cheese is perfectly skewed across it. The hoagie <laughs> buns like perfectly toasted, and there's like the most perfect peppers. The one John had had no peppers, yeah. no cheese. It was all meat, and it was on, like, a French bread. Yeah, I don't know. It was... <laughs> a baguette. It was on a baguette. Yeah. And it looked really stiff. Yeah. Yours looked really stiff, when you think it should be, like, a little bit softer than what yeah. you ate. So. I, I took one bite, two bites maybe, and I was like, I can't eat this. I felt and I felt disappointed. You know what, though? The appetizers we got was good, though. Yeah, yeah. The apple apple smoked cheese. Yeah. Though I was butternut butternut squash. Oh, was it cheese? Whatever it was, it was delicious. Yeah, it was good. It probably that probably had spit in it though. <laughs> probably. <laughs> oh, and then our burgers. So Tim and I got burgers. And Zach. No, Tim. Oh. Me and Tim and I got burgers, okay. and they it was just supposed to be like the regular house burger, but it had all this hot sauce on it. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? We were so nice to you. We yeah. gave you orders. We didn't have to. Oh man, why am I being punished? Yeah. But the funniest thing was when we ordered dessert, and then Zach ordered the the apple, uh, no, oh. bread pudding. Bread pudding, yeah, yeah. He ordered bread pudding, and then he was nowhere to be seen. So we started messing with it. We tried to like carve like an <laughs> eating out of it, but then at one point Tim's like, "Give me that," and he like took a huge bite out of it. And then Zach comes down, he's like, "I'm in front of it, so I look like I'm the guilty party." He's <laughs> like, "Did you eat my food?" I'm like, "No, dude, no." He's like, "He's like, you ate my food." I'm like, "No, I didn't." <laughs> <laughs> we're ready to go i don't want your food I mean, we have a we have a content creator meeting that we need to go to that i'm super <laughs> i have so much anxiety over i didn't eat your food darn it 
Actually, yeah. that's why I had. That's why I pounded back like three IPAs at that bar, yeah. <laughs> just to get like a little bit ready for that contest. There we go. <laughs> Another fun thing is on on the Sunday, I called my my daughter, and she made me. I was just FaceTiming her. She made me give her a tour of the entire convention center. So I had to go up every single aisle. So so just as a note, like I watched you come up with the phone, and I'm like, what is going on here? You're just yeah. like, you're like, Matt, wave, wave and say hi. And I'm like, oh, you're giving a tour. Yeah. But then I just thought you're doing the booth. But then I see you turn around and march off down the rest, down the rest yeah. of our, our, our uh, walkway. Yeah. And I had to go all the way up. And then when I got to the final row, which is where the Panasaurus booth was, she recognized the logo because we, we, you know, we played Gods Love Dinosaurs together. She's like, oh, the dinosaur booth. Go there, go there, go there. <laughs> so I went over there, and then she was telling me to buy all these games. She's like, can you buy that game? Can you buy that game? Can you buy that game? And then Danny was like, he already has them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But I ended up buying you the some some Dinosaur World packs. Right, which I, that's, where I smock, that's where I uh, snagged Machi Crow 2 as well. Nice, nice. Yeah. Thank, yeah, thanks for that, by the way. You're welcome. I uh, owed you for dinner or breakfast or something. Yeah, I guess I guess technically I said earlier I didn't buy anything. I guess technically that was buying something since you, you owed me money or something. Yeah, whatever. Thank you. Appreciate that. Got you. You bought me water and fiber bars all weekend. Well, let me tell everyone <laughs> the real story of the show. <laughs> so what we learned demoing is that, one, you need you need water. So one of the things I did Saturday and Sunday, learning from Friday because my voice was going, I decided that I'd go to like the local CVS around the around the block and grab like liters of water for everybody. Although I think only me and you drank them. I don't know if Jim and Zach yeah, did. and Tim. Okay, that's good because we needed that. We needed that. But the but on on Saturday, I'm like, man, I'm kind of hungry, and I wish we had like more snacks, right? Yeah. So on Sunday, I bought a ten pack of fiber one chocolate covered fiber one bars. Fiber One chocolate covered Fiber One bars, and they were delicious, right? Yeah, so good. How many did you eat? Five. I had five too. <laughs> but the best part wasn't that we ate them. It was it was like what it was doing to our stomach. Oh yeah, it was like reshaping the insides, and turned a giant gas ball there into our stomach. Was yeah. so much gas in my stomach, it hurt. Yeah, like I was literally like, it felt like I was like holding my abs the whole time. <laughs> Like Try whole, not to shart your pants. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and it started basically when we were leaving. Like, it started right when we were leaving. Oh, no, me. It started almost right away. It started right away? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I had to, like, walk away from the booth. You know when you, like, walk away into, like, empty space, just kind of, like, do a little loop-de-loop? By yourself because you're like, crop dusting. It off. Yeah. <laughs> crop dusting whatever's around you? Yeah. Oh, it started right away for you? Oh, yeah. Mine didn't start till about five. Yeah. <laughs> So like so, right I, know, I think it started after I had like my second or third one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. But I was so hungry that I just oh. continued eating. Well, them. we didn't eat anything but those fiber one bars, which yeah. in retrospect maybe that was the co- I don't know what it was, but by five o'clock I was like my stomach was hurting so bad. I'm like I need to like go. So I ended up in the bathroom. Here is the poopy talk. Sorry everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I just passed all this gas, but nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Matt and I were like farting the entire way home on the plane in the airport well in the airport i'm like this is getting even worse yeah. on the plane because well, we like... ate that dirty burger at the airport too right and like yeah that, uh, that burger <laughs> we were burping and farting up that burger the whole time well the worst part is we're on the plane 
And I'm like, my stuff. I'm like trying to hold it in. Right? I'm trying to be the nicest person you can ever think of. You look like you were you're sweating. I was sweating. And, like, I, I, I couldn't tell if you were sleeping or secretly dying on the. No, inside. I was dying. I was dying. I look, and I look over. You're like in agony. Yeah, and I was I was totally sweating. I was sweating because I was trying to stay. I was trying to stay like. Like, like, it's trying to hold it in. <laughs> I've never, like, I've had pain like this before, but this was bananas. Yeah. And we're on a plane, so I'm trying to, at one point <laughs> in the plane, I'm like, this gas has got to go. So yeah. I just, like, kind of, like, looked around. And I'm like, it was, you were right next to me, which is nice. Which was also. Yeah, good thing I moved my seat. <laughs> which is also funny because you caused uh, people to be double seated in some spots. Probably. And... <laughs> hey, there was no one in your spot. So yeah, I just it. go sit somewhere. It's a plane. It's like a bus. Yeah. Anyway, so like I'm holding it in, and I'm like, Think, yeah, I'm just like, I just, I, I literally, John, I am not kidding you. From takeoff to landing, I pass gas every five minutes. Yeah. Every five minutes, I'm like, this is, like, I hope, like, oh, I, I bet you some of the flights, like, they need to clean that washroom because it is, smells so bad in here. Yeah, good thing we we're wearing masks. Yeah, good thing I wasn't. Good thing that the airplane noise is so loud it drowns out the the sound because I'm pretty sure the sound was loud too. <laughs> they probably just thought it was the engine. I'm guessing I'm never gonna be allowed to travel in the states again after this <laughs> podcast. Matt's banned. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it was actually really hilarious. John is like legitimately choking up over there on laughter. So yeah, I think he's still farting. <laughs> I got there goes. Awesome. So I think PAX Unplugged 2021, it was a success. And I had a great time. So I look forward to hopefully going next year, you know, depending on how the state of the world. Yeah, uh, just so everyone knows, this is our second last episode. We're done content creation as of January 1st. Although you're going to still do the Instagram stuff and yeah. I'll probably still hang around, but we're not going to be doing any podcasting anymore. Yeah, if we do any podcasting, you'll just be featured on What You've Been Playing Wednesdays. Right. With Cardboard Conjecture. And then, you know, if anyone wants us on their podcast for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. Do so. guest stuff. Like, well, we'll, you know, I'm sure we'll still do stuff. But just this aspect of our journey is, is coming to an end. Yeah, it was great. So, so uh, on that note. Yeah, so next week, you'll hear our retrospective episode. Kind of like a recap of our two and a half years of podcasting. Yeah, and, yeah. and hopefully we can share some uh, tips. So if you're new or you want to get into it, uh, we have a lot of knowledge that that can help you. Cool. Including Kevin's for hire. Yeah, he, he's a uh, good price. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, thanks for uh, checking us out. You can follow us on Instagram at Friday Night Games underscore official, Twitter at Friday Night GMS. You can check us out on our website at FridayNight.Games. So, yeah, see you soon. See you next week. Yeah. Final episode. Peace. <laughs>